Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to the Dream Factory, the world's greatest user-generated movie creation podcast. The rules here are very simple. We can discuss as many of your film ideas as we like, but only one of them will progress to the next stage. Where upon the film's huge box office success, the inevitable spin-off theme park will ultimately become embroiled in a huge scandal over its £60 entry fee and ultimate disastrous experience inside. I'm Joel, a man who puts the wonk into Glasgow's Willy Wonka experience. And across from me is John Harris, a man who, since becoming a father, spends every single weekend at various iterations on this theme. And you can actually view his official rankings of the UK's novelty parks at johntent.com, the home for all of John's content. Hello, John. Hello, mate. I've actually, for a Halloween last year, I went to a thing that was pretty disastrous, but it oh, wasn't I, 60 It's my favourite, it's my favourite type of news story is every... You're guaranteed to get a couple of them every Christmas where someone yeah. has set up a lapland in a barn and there's just pictures of the most depressing looking like reindeer or better horse with horns attached to its head. And there was one this week in Glasgow that was a Willy Wonka experience and the photos from it are absolutely unbelievable. There's like four or five colourful tubes lying around. There is a uh, a woman dressed as an Oompa Loompa insofar as she's got a white shirt and a green wig on and she stood behind what looks like in it's either episode one or episode two of Breaking Bad, Walter goes on a drive with Hank and they bust the drugs lab. And the Oompa Loompa is stood behind like an almost like-for-like recreation of the meth lab from the second episode <laughs> of series one of Breaking Bad. It's, it's uh, so yeah. good. The worst thing is as a parent, you have to go there. And you, you've got a choice to make. Do you go like, do you just get pissed off or do you have to like sort of, the kids are excited. Do you just sort of pretend it's You have good? to buy into it. Do you have to, is there an element of like, you have to see things through the kid's eyes? So if you're watching a film that is a bit shit or, you know, do you have to try and live it? How good are you at separating your own opinions on what's happening? Well, yeah, that's an interesting question. I don't know the answer to it because if something scary is happening on the telly, I will let my son know it's not real. And he'll go, oh yeah, it's not real. But mm. he also does fully believe he's like, he want, we were trying to explain Disneyland to him and mm. he was like, I want to go meet the real Woody now. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I, I don't know the answer, Joel. It's going to be, be interesting. My partner has a story. This is hers to tell, but it is good. Where she was obsessed with the Lion King, and so her mum took mm. her to see the Lion King Broadway, uh, West End show. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. before the show started, her mum sort of gave her t- as they were going up. Before the curtains went up, everything the whole time be like, this isn't going to be real animals. This isn't going to be cartoons. This is going to be people pretending to be animals. And she was like, yeah, 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 got it. Understood. Check. And the second it started, apparently she just wept the whole way through. (laughs) 
Isn't it? I saw it. It's an emotional show. I am. Um, I've got a similar story. I've mentioned this many times in the past, but in a previous life, and as did you, tangentially worked for a children's radio station, and I would quite often have to go on like trips and excursions and events that kids would be at, and there'd be entertainment laid on for the kids. And I went to something at. It was like the HQ of a magazine company that ran loads of magazines from there, like for kids, Match the Day magazine, Girl Talk magazine. Maybe one week I'll talk about the fact that I was a ghostwriter for a column in Girl Talk magazine, um, <laughs> which, which is line one on my uh, on my CV. Um, <laughs> but we were there to do something with the character Raster Mouse, who I think in the annals of children's entertainment, he he, he burnt very bright and very brief Raster Mouse because yeah. I don't think kids are into Raster Mouse now. No, I think there was a brief window of Raster Mouse mania. We all, we all remember that summer. Oh, yeah. Anyway, it was an event with Rasta Mouse, and so somebody dressed up as a big Rasta Mouse came out onto this little stage with me, and they did this Rasta Mouse dance, and all the kids got to do the Rasta Mouse dance, and they all got to take photos with Rasta Mouse, and then Rasta Mouse went backstage to derobe because it's pretty hot in the Rasta Mouse costume. Oh yeah, I can imagine. And then there was a quite a delay in getting the kids their Rasta Mouse themed goodie bags, and so the kids were hanging around in the little amphitheater bit for much longer than planned and nobody had fed this information back to Rasta Mouse. And so the person who'd been dressed as Rasta Mouse walked out just minus the head with a head under their arm and all of the kids just started screaming. <laughs> it was so good. Oh, poor Rasta Mouse. Oh, man. Poor so, children, yeah. sorry, poor children. Yeah, yeah. Well, poor Rasta Mouse had lost his head. A pretty sad thing to happen. <laughs> Um, I don't know how you, I don't know, I can't even remember how we rectified it or what we tried to say to the kids. I imagine I just fell about laughing, but the teacher's probably like scrambling to try and explain what had just happened. Anyway. Oh, that is excellent. A fun tale. Like a but we're not, we're not here to talk about decapitating Rasta Mouse. Not anymore. We're here to discuss some film ideas sent in by our wonderful audience. John, would you like to give me our first one? What about this one from Stu? St. Patrick or Treat. A horror anthology entirely based in Ireland where a very religious man is trying to get rid of the country's snakes. I'm into it. There was a, um, there was like a, uh, a Halloween scary Thanksgiving film this year, wasn't there? Yes, there was. Did we talk about this? Eli Roth. No, we haven't. Oh, really? Cause, uh, as far as I'm I, aware. I think, did we not? Because I was really into the tagline, which was like, there will be no leftovers. <laughs> It's good. It's good. It's quite good. So it feels on a similar theme, a similar theme to that. So famously, uh, St. Patrick's cha- St. Patrick chased all the snakes out of Ireland. They, they had a huge snake problem, John. It was unbelievable. You go back a few hundred years, and if you looked at Ireland from space, it looked like it was moving because there were that <laughs> many snakes on Ireland. That's and that's as much as I know about the uh, the tale of St. Patrick. Should probably know more. Yeah, we're out of our depth here. Where does the horror element come into this? Snakes, snakes are scary, I guess. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty pretty easy, right? Okay, so it's Halloween. Halloween is an Irish thing. Look, we really get, we, we are stretching. It's called Snornum Mornum or something like that. Halloween. Snornum Mornum. That's the name of the episode this week. Snornum Mornum. It's called Samine. 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 I'm going to get in so much trouble for not knowing anything. I saw a tweet from Blind Boy. Uh, who is unfortunately for my sins my main so source I'm. of Irish oh there we go yeah. he's my main source of Irish history which is well he is brilliant but probably says a lot uh, and he was yeah he tweeted about the fact that it was it was turnips right were ori- the original sort of jack-o'-lantern pumpkin-y things mm-hmm. 
And yeah, then yeah. obviously people moved to America and they couldn't get turnips, so they just used pumpkins instead. And that that is there's still a pretty big Halloween thing. It's still a still a pretty big turnip scene in Ireland. Oh really? Yeah, I, I don't really ever have turnip, but it's quite good. And I would say that in England, it's a Swede. We should be really at Halloween, John. You and I should be, especially you. Now you've got young children that will get excited by Halloween. You should be getting them Swede carving in October every year. How big are the turnips that they're carving? I don't think they're, I don't think they're carving. No, I meant more just sort of eating turnips. Uh, they're eating more turnips in Ireland than we're eating here, is my point. Okay, fine. I never really have a turnip. When was the last time you had a turnip? So, oh my gosh, for a second. Yeah, you're right. In my head, I was thinking parsnips, but no, not parsnips. No, turnips, I'm always eating no. a parsnip. Yeah. <laughs> He's got one in his mouth. Hang right on, now. were you thinking they were carving parsnips in Ireland? <laughs> That's what I like a really long. Like, what? <laughs> Sorry, my brain a complete brain fart there. No what would you do? Would you hang it from your door? A little, little, long, thin, spooky guy. A parsnip. It'd be very. You, you would need like <laughs> tweezers to carve a parsnip. <laughs> yeah, there should be a TikTok of a guy who par- who carves parsnips. Small, he carves smaller and smaller fruits and veg until he's doing a blueberry. Turnips. Do you want the boring answer? Sometimes I get a, a a bag of root vegetables to make a soup, and a turnip will be in there. Oh, lovely! So I reckon you had a turnip more recently than I have. Possibly. Um, there we go. How about this one from Lem? <laughs> How about this one from Lem? Salt burns, but it's at Mister Burns' mansion, and Smithers is Barry Keoghan's character. For my sins, I've still not seen Saltburn. I feel like everyone's I've seen Saltburn. It. I've seen it, but I sort of get the vibe, right? It's a sort of guy sort of. Driven awry by posh people, sort of. He he, or is he? Oh, or is that was it always his plan? Okay, you know? maybe it's more complicated. Uh, so, than I appreciate. Maybe no, it's not. I would say it's not a complicated film at all. But all you need to know, John, when we're pitching the Smithers version of this, is that the final scene of Saltburn. Spoiler alert: is Barry Keoghan dancing naked through Saltburn House? You must know about this. You must uh, yeah, of this. course. Murder plan. on the dance floor. It's a murder on the dance floor, and it. And since then, Barry Cohen's become quite obsessed with being naked. He's kind of always naked now, all the time. He did. There was a Vanity Fair shoot, which was like Oscars. I couldn't really work out what it was. It was like lot. It was so they were on a conveyor belt, like the Generation Game. So it was <laughs> there was a video. It says Vanity. So what they, I guess what they're doing is making a moving magazine cover, right? So it says Vanity yeah. Fair at the top, and then there's a Generation Game conveyor belt, and stars from the Oscar movies go past. And in all their glam. And I think they're all those people were nominated for Oscars. And then the last one is a person not nominated for an Oscar or really involved in award season at all this year, more so last year. But yeah. because he's a guy that's hot on the scene and it, the conveyor belt goes past all these stars in their glad rags going past, making these various magazine covers. And then the last one, the punchline is Barry Cohen's naked as he goes past. There is no way anyone other than Barry Keoghan that. <laughs> that I reckon they said, oh, you know, we're going to be doing awards, do stuff. So if you've got a designer that's making your suit or your dress for the Oscars, can you ask them, Let's who is it? Let's try and make it line up. And Barry's like, yeah, no worries, no worries. I, I, there is a good chance Barry Keoghan walks down the red carpet stark bollock naked at the Oscars, <laughs> I reckon. <laughs> I, I, can you yeah, I don't you can bet on the winners. Can you bet on that sort of thing? I, I would put 20 quid on the fact that we will see Barry Cohen's bum on Oscars night. Why, why is he in the awards? Oh, because of Saltburn, but he's not but, getting nominated but for awards I don't know for if it. Saltburn, no, he's not been nominated. I don't know if Saltburn really got any nominations, right? So It's weird. It's really weird. I've, I, right, I, all I, the rest really of the people are like, As I was saying that. Yeah. yeah, they're like, you know, 
sort of Pedro Pascal and Coleman Domingo, who are uh, Pedro's for like telly, but still, they're all it's awards nominees. It's award season, yeah. And what? There, there's some, look, I, I think he's been brilliant in lots of things, Barry Keown. I do think he needs to just have a little month off and disappear from everyone's brains for a while. Did you watch the Hot Ones episode that he did? No, he's not done a Hot Ones, has he? He did a Hot Ones, and I had to turn it off after about five minutes. When he starts, like, he takes his jumper off. Again, outrageous. He takes his jumper off because of the spicy wings. And then he's just sort of, like, flexing his biceps and asking everyone in the room if they're excited by him being in a sleeveless top. It's all very Ooh, strange. Okay. Anyway, tune into the Oscars on Sunday to see his bum. <laughs> Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What about this one from Martin? Wicked little letters. Two naughty children create a fake estate agency. Are you aware of Wicked Little Letters? No. So it's it's, um, Olivia Coleman's latest film. I don't know much else about it. And it's about, assume, rice, it's about writing letters, I assume, that naughty. Ah, interesting. Well, it's got four stars in The Guardian, so that's good stuff. Because if you were to look at the images of it, it looks like it's from the, I would say, the school of films in which you're going to get titles like, I'm going to get this wrong, the Literary Potato Peel Society. Yes, or it's a Sunday Mrs. afternoon Mrs. Harris has gone to Paris. Exactly. But The Guardian calls it a foul mouse farce. So maybe there's more to it than meets the eye. I would say they've they've been done no favors by the poster design. No, you're right. It gives it definitely is giving Sunday afternoon on Channel Five vibes, isn't it? It's real grey pound stuff. Which is actually, fine. it seems like if if you are a member of the grey pound spending, you might get upset, be a little offended by the content of this film. Yeah, it's got a great cast: Olivia oh, yeah, Coleman, Jesse Buckley, Buckley Timothy yeah. Spall, Lolly Adafope. I mean, come on! I might go and watch this film. In my head, li- so, Wicked Little Letters is sort of basically mi- Little Ant and Deck. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They're sort of little children in suits. Yeah, what, trying to sell you a house? Now, I'm, I, was, I have been in re- recently in the very privileged position to be able to deal with estate agents, and I would say that they're sort of children not, uh, anyway. I would argue not a privilege. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> but yeah, I would sadly, argue they're sadly, little kids John, in suits anyway. Almost anyone listening to this is has at some point dealt with an estate agent, a letting agent. You know, they are a travel agent. There are, there are agents that we've all dealt with and we can all appreciate. Anyway, sorry, so you, you had an estate agent. Oh, no, I'm just saying most estate agents I've ever dealt with are children in suits anyway. Like, I've never felt older than when I'm dealing with an estate agent. What was the most outla- outlandish claim made about the house that you bought when you were looking around it? Nothing about that here. But I remember the pla- the last place I rented in London... The estate agent sort of talked to us about his car a lot, which sort of <laughs> g- gave me a sense of his age. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And wicked little letters. They're also sort of, I would say, in many ways. Wicked. I, I tell you what, that genuinely has happened today is our, the estate agent for our house mm-hmm. was one of the most stressful things I've ever done in my life. 
and they were absolutely useless and they drove me insane and they they have like a spam strategy where they just put their business cards through every single post box in the town every six oh, months wow. and so i just get yeah, like yeah, yeah. flashbacks of the worst sort of the yeah, most stressful yeah, yeah. few oh, months of my no. life just coming through my door every six months when i i've got a, a similar heightened stress and the trigger for me is peterborough right okay when i was trying to sort the documents to move into this house i'm in right now i should say flat you could call it your house can't you yeah when i was signing documents for this penthouse <laughs> that i live in now it was in the midst of i would say the liz trust financial decimation of the british economy um, and everything was about to go belly up and i managed to get an agreement in place days before that was going to happen <laughs> and it was like the last helicopter out of saigon and the solicitor that I had to give the documents to, and this is insane, and this is all, I don't know if my employer will ever listen to this. I used the printer at my place of work to print out these documents without really ever checking the PDFs. I think it was something like 420 pages. <laughs> <laughs> and I got, <laughs> this is bad. I got in early to do it, and it took so long to print, like people started turning up at the Oh, no. <laughs> I was just sweating. <laughs> anyway. That isn't true. I told that for comic effect. I also would like on the records to know that I've never met Rasta Mouse. Uh, <laughs> anyway, and despite the fact that this agent that I was dealing with had several branches across London, they told me that the only I had to go to their headquarters to submit this paperwork uh, on the day and their office is closed at five. And if I didn't get there, it was no deal. The whole we'd have to go through the whole process Christ. from minute one again. And that they revealed that the head office was in Peterborough on the morning <gasps> of me needing to submit this documentation. And so I managed to get out of work and sprint across town to King's Cross and literally like got a train that got into King's Cross and then sprinted f- from the St. Pancras side, sprinted to King's Cross and made the train to Peterborough by one minute and then just stood on the train for like an hour and a half, whatever it takes yeah. to get to Peterborough, just staring at Google Maps and just trying to memorise the route that I could run across. This is like, I got into Peterborough at like 4.40 and it was a right. like a 35 to 40 minute walk across Peterborough to get to the thing. So I was just staring at Google Maps the entire time. Like, I need to know when I will leave the train door that I'm going to run across town. And I got there with like five to five. Um, That's the hour. It is intensely stressful. So whenever I see Peterborough in the football scores or uh, on the news or just like as a destination or a train, it sends a shiver down my spine. So I will not be spending any time in Peterborough, I'm afraid, to the people of Peterborough that listen to this podcough. Sorry, Peterborough. Hey, what about this one from Oscar? Bold or gold when you stay on a beach where you get thicker or richer? This has been a rich, rich scene for us, John. <laughs> it is, of course, the M. Night Thriller. Old, where people spend time on a beach and they get older and older. It arguably been the most like sort of profitable film title for us in our years of doing Dream Factory. And we've got two Definitely. more. Bold, where you get thicker. I assume just it's wider. Like a font. Yeah. Well, like a font. Yep. Or gold, where you get increasingly rich. Now, that's obviously the preferable one. If it's gold, it could also be like the Midas Touch curse, though, couldn't it? You could be turning slowly to gold. <gasps> oh, or the sand. Mm. That would be horrible, wouldn't it? Bold could also be like Christmas dinner kind of vibes where people become more and more bold with their opinions the more they've had to drink so you're on this island and your opinions become more and more apparent and more radical the longer that you're there that feels like that feels like a mike white thing like a um, sort of yeah. you know what i mean there's something he, he'd be writing that not not m night but i love it i i would watch both of those I'm, I'm just trying to work my way through the alphabet to make sure we've covered this so we've got mold you get 
moldy as you say. There's obviously lo- there's obviously lulled where you just laugh more and more and more and more for longer as the time that you're there. Uh, well, I don't think we should. No, I don't think you should do these, John. There's going to be quiet weeks. We need these. <laughs> you're just throwing these ideas away. Sorry, um, sorry. Hey, John. How about a film idea from you, John? What about this one from me, John? Catch me if you can, can. Leo pretends to be a dancer. Great. I would say that Leo has one of the most accomplished careers in Hollywood, but to my mind, he's always been a complete coward for not doing a musical. Mm. Has he done a musical? I don't... uh, Not to my knowledge, no. That could be because he's incapable of singing, but as we've seen from Mamma Mia, that doesn't stop people necessarily. (laughs) No. If anything, it should encourage them. Uh, So, yeah. Maybe it's just a a musical version of Catch Me If You Can. Would I'd be into it. Because Hanks is going to be great in a musical, right? Oh. He's going to steal the show. Yeah, even if he can't sing, that voice is so good, it doesn't matter. What? Yeah, and I feel like musicals are kind of, they're having a, I don't know if they're having a moment, but I feel like they're they're not as um, frowned upon as they once were, not seen as a... Well, there's a weird thing that's happening with musicals at the minute that happened with Mean Girls, it happened with something else, and it sort of happened with Wicked as well, which is they're being made, but they're not being advertised as musicals. They're being advertised in a way that hides the fact that they are a musical. So people are going into that Mean Girls film thinking... Well, it's weird that they're make, remaking this film after 15 years, but okay, I'll go watch it. Then only to discover sort of six minutes in or even potentially yeah. even instantly that everyone's singing. Because there's all those videos of the cinemas. I don't know how real they are, of people in the cinemas reacting groaning, when they realise it. Uh, groaning when they realise it's a, it's a musical. I, you know, I think it's kind of fun. Look, I'd be into I'm, it. Exa- I'm not the most pro-musical person in the world, but I wouldn't groan if if someone breaks out into song in a film. I used oh, to claim Wonka that was I was very one. anti-musical, was but it's. Sorry. I used to claim that I was very anti-musical, but I I can't. I just can't stand that up. I had a. I was charmed with it an inch of my life by Wonka when I watched it a week or two ago. So it's good stuff, man. Is it an age thing, or is it just sort of coming to terms with yourself? Because I sort of feel I think the same. I'm, yeah, I'm coming to terms with myself. Maybe I just think I've removed the last layers of snobbery from from me john you know i'm open to to be entertained by all things so deep it's pretty deep how about this one from me anatomy of a ball we put john harris's testicle under the microscope at last <laughs> just one just one of them well, well, I guess we, you know, sequel. Yeah, we, exactly <laughs> that's money in the bank <clears throat> no i just want to see what's going on, on in there man you know it's so good, that first film, that people are like, yeah, the second one was sort of more of the same, but, oh God, I'll take it. So entertaining. <laughs> the studio panicking with what to do with the third to complete the trilogy. They've got no idea what, where to go. <laughs> oh, God, I have some ideas, but I really I don't want to go there. <laughs> well, good stuff, John. If you had to pick a winner from today's film ideas, which one would you pick? Let's go with your one. <laughs> Why not? No, I don't want that one. And well done to me and well done to John's uh, (laughs) incredibly productive testicle. Uh, That's all for today. See you next time. Well done, John. That was lots of fun. Two children, two movies. Not too bad. That was a fun fun episode. You could tell that the... uh, you know the the pressure to perform in front of a guest was off because I wouldn't have talked about your testicle no. uh, in front of any of the great guests that we've had recently. No, you wouldn't. You've also, uh, on, I sort of on that subject of my physique or body, you've been teasing me in private that you want to discuss my chest, but you didn't want to oh, do it in front yeah. of a guest. I completely forgotten about that. Yeah. Uh, so, I, how long have I known you, John? Hmm. Decades. This is going to be decade. upsetting.
it's over a decade. I've known you for over a decade. And uh, recently, your partner, your lovely partner, requested to follow me on Instagram. Uh, I'm not a very active Instagram guy. I, I would say the reason that we didn't follow each other is probably because I haven't posted anything in seven years. And um, I don't really follow it. I don't really, you know, I, I do follow people, but I don't I sort of seek out people to follow or anything like that. You'll do a story a very, or two every so often, right? Uh, every now and again, I'll do a little story. Don't get me wrong, but just to keep it, to keep to keep things alive, just to let people know that I am alive, or when I've got a sort of a personal achievement to boast about. Anyway, so if you follow me on Instagram, followed her back, as is customary. Went to have a little look at Sophie's feed. I'll be honest, mostly excited to see John content I might have missed down the years. <laughs> and after one, my finger did stop after a very brief scroll when I saw a thumbnail of what I suspected to be John Harris on holiday. And I clicked it giddily and gave a little two finger pinch and a zoom because for the first time in over a decade of knowing John Harris, I could see his torso. And it was weird, isn't it? Trick. It's a weird torso. It was still pretty. It was still pretty covered by a lot of water in a swimming pool. So I had yeah. to fill in a few blanks to myself. But it was an electric experience, John. <laughs> um, I, I, I reckon I was expecting you to be sort of hairier in the shoulder, which you're not. Uh, uh, that's yeah. either through good fortune or good maintenance. And I'm I, either way, I'm delighted for you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm not hairless on the shoulder. But yes, I, my, I'm not like I'm not like a werewolf sort of mm. guy. If that makes sense. I was just, John, I was just delighted to see it. I felt closer <laughs> to you in that moment than I ever have. And you didn't even know it was happening. Oh dear, so there you go. Um, if you've subscribed to us on Patreon, you can see that photo. <laughs> yeah, we should do a Patreon, it's just, and it's just, to- and that's OnlyFans, so it's just topless photos. That'd be quite a funny thing to do for this podcast, wouldn't it? Record an episode topless. <laughs> Record an episode topless. <laughs> just do all of our episodes topless and but- say, look, Patreon, it's exactly the same content. <laughs> Most people give you longer episodes or alternative content. We don't, but we are topless. And I we'll still share TikTok that. videos, but they'll be blurred. Like- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're not giving that up for free on TikTok. Perfect. Have you got any uh, pop culture that you wanted to shout about? Not really. I don't know if I've watched anything new or exciting recently, I'm afraid to say. This, uh, my, for the third week in a row, the Apple TV series Criminal Record finished last week, and it was a good, satisfying conclusion. I really enjoyed it. I've Watch watched two that, episodes people. now on your off your off the back of your recommendation. So I'm, I'm are you into in. it? I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. They're good, man. The leads are very good. How about you? What have you been watching? Well, the one thing that I was going to shout out, and the show itself comes with like content warning, but yeah, this is content warning on content warning. It's Frankie Boyle's new podcast. Here comes the guillotine. Which oh is yeah, I need to give that a go. Absolutely brilliant. Is it Susie McCabe and mm-hmm. Chris? Apologies. Uh, anyway, yeah, like I say, what I would say is. If you've ever thought I don't like Frankie Boyle stuff, don't don't go there. Basically, <laughs> that's it's as simple as that. But if you like his stuff, it's Frankie off the leash. So, um, yeah, very funny, incredibly naughty. Nice. I don't know if I ever recommended it on here, but I read Frankie Boyle's novel Meantime recently, and that was really good. There we go. Very enjoyable. It is a sort of a crime thriller about a stoner in Glasgow trying to solve a crime, but being quite high on hallucinogenics a lot of the time. Good stuff. Very funny. Hey, well done, everyone. I guess well John will do this again next week, shall we? Yes, we will. Let's do it. Bye. Right. See you there. Send the guys a movie idea. Tell your friends that you like the show. Follow us on social media. Then you'll be the best listener. <laughs>